Hey everybody, this is Hunter Howard. I'm the lead pastor of Encounter Church. Here at Encounter Church, our vision is helping people encounter God. And that's what I pray and hope for you today, that you will encounter God through this message. Enjoy. Well, hello everybody. My name is RJ. I don't, if you don't know me, I'm the, me and my wife are the college pastors for Wake. So college and young adults now, as you heard the announcements. Um, and I'm just so excited because God has given me um, a lot of revelation when it comes to the whole topic of lordship and obedience. And aren't you guys excited that we are on this year-long theme called solid, right? We are on our way to be solid disciples of Jesus Christ. And that is something that is so needed in our life. And I don't know if you, um, if this is your first time or you've been here since the beginning of the year, we are really focusing on how to be grounded in God's word, how to be strong disciples. And our main scripture for the year, as most of you remember, or if this is your first time, you're going to read it with us, is Matthew 7, verse 24. Can we read this all together as loud as you can? You guys ready? Here we go. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. And as we know, we are saying this, this phrase that should be driven and in in, in, in engraved in our brain, it is what? Practicing God's word makes me strong. I know some of us were like, what are we talking about? I want us to say that one more time. Let's say it all together. Practicing God's word makes me strong. And that's the thing about God's word. It's one thing to just listen and read the word of God. It's another thing to actually practice it. And practicing is an action. Practicing requires you to do something. We're all good and dandy if we're just reading the word of God, but it takes us in another level if we actually do what God says. That is what God wants us to do. So we need to practice. And practicing means obedience, am I right? And we've been learning about lordship and obedience this past month. And it has been mind-blowing. I don't know about you guys, but the Lord has been convicting my heart again and again to be like, hey, RJ, are you really making me lord of your heart, of your soul, of everything, of your life? Because I don't know about you, but he's been knocking at my heart and being like, hey, I'm showing you something. This, I'm not really Lord in your life here. Are you willing to let me be that? And I'm just like, cut me deep, Lord. But obedience, like we've been learning the past few weeks, is obedience is the clear evidence that I love Jesus, right? Pastor Hunter was talking about that the past few weeks. And he also says that Lord equals, you guys remember? Lordship. Love equals Lordship. Did I say Lord equals Lordship? Lord Jesus, help me. Love Jesus helped me. Anyways, um, love equals lordship. In other words, lordship is the obedience, right? It's, if our, it's the someone who is in charge of our life. And that's why we call this, this whole series, Who is in Charge? And the thing about lordship, I want us to remember, um, lordship could just be a word. You know, we, we, maybe we're here and we've accepted Jesus into our heart, right? And that... Um, is we pray the, the prayer of salvation and we're saved, right? Woohoo, we're saved. But here's the thing. God doesn't just say, I want to be your savior. He says, make me your Lord and savior, right? If we're only halfway there, then we're not receiving the whole gospel for what it really is. The gospel requires something of us 
to give back to God. It's not just a gimme, gimme, gimme. It's more like I give, you take. You, you give, I take. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a relationship. And when it comes to lordship, in order for lordship to be real in our life, it is an all or nothing situation. If we say, Lord, or Jesus, come into my heart and be my savior, be my Lord and savior, what he's saying is, what you need to understand what you're really saying is, Lord, it's all of me. It's all of me, all of you, and I'm stepping out of the way, and you tell me what to do. You, you lead me in that way, and I'm just going to go and obey. It's an all-or-nothing situation. And he tells us what to do, how to do it, where to go, who to be, how to be, you know, all of it, and we have to do it. It's not an option. When you make Jesus your Lord, there's no option here. It's his way or the highway. And you know the highway is broad and that's where the devil goes. You know, his, his way is what? Narrow. It's narrow. And so it's either his way or our way and our way sucks, you know? It really does. And so God doesn't want lukewarm Christianity. In, the, in Revelation it says you're either hot or you're cold. What he does is when you drink lukewarm, when he drinks lukewarm Christians, he spits us out like we're nasty, you know, like phlegm, like, ugh, who wants to drink that, you know? Who likes lukewarm water? God wants you to be hot or cold. He's saying he wants you to be all in, not halfway in. He wants you to be all in, not just a little bit or mostly in. That doesn't cut it when it comes to lordship. God wants us to be 100%. When I was a teenager, before I went to college, I remember I was in a worship service, and I was being all holy, worshiping God, and being like, Holy Spirit, come, and I'll do whatever you want, and I'm here to worship you because you radically changed my life. I just went to the encounter, and man, that, that caught me on fire. And then I remember God's like, okay, here, if you, wanna, if you really want all of that, I'm going to ask of you something. I'm like, Lord, use me however you want to use me. Please use me. He's like, okay, well, I want, I want all of you. And, I want, and I'm like, God, I want, you to, I want to be useful. Yeah, I'll be a worship leader. Yeah, I'll do all those things that you want. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually calling you. And this was the moment, actually, he called me to, he says, I'm giving you a heart as a, of a pastor. I'm giving you a heart to, and, and a voice to preach. And I'm like, what? You know? And he's like, I want all of you. And I'm like, Lord, I, I, I legit said this. I said, God, are you sure you want all of me? I'm willing to be 70% Christian. I really said that. I said that to God and I'm like, I just want to be a go to Sunday church kind of guy. And then the rest of the week, I'm just going to live my life and do whatever. I want to be a 70% Christian. And in, my, in reality, though, who goes to a classroom ready to take a test and say, I just want a 70. Anything above a 70 is unacceptable, Right? Why would we say we want to give less of what we could potentially give to God? Who wants a 70 on their test where you could get 100? Why give only 70%, 90 percent, 90%, 99.9999999% and that 0.00 whatever nines I said is not for God? Is that 100%? No, there ain't no rounding up when it comes to the lifestyle of being a Christian. It's all or nothing. So Matthew 22, verse 37. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Let me read that again. 
You must love the Lord your God with some of your heart, some of your soul, some of your, oh, I'm sorry, am I reading it wrong? My bad, okay. Love the Lord your God with most of your heart, all your soul, a little bit of your mind. Still not right? Thanks. You know, that's the thing. We could read it, but sometimes we read it like some of our heart. Sometimes we're reading it like most of my heart. Only Monday through Thursday, God. Friday, Saturday, Sunday is my place to be me, you know? Uh-uh. God wants all or nothing. And I need you to realize that lordship requires all or nothing. What has God been knocking on your heart to say, I need all of this. I need all of this of you in my life to make you Lord. And, and, and this is something that I'm not here to condemn or to, to point fingers because I'm pointing it at myself because God has been convicting me of ways that I have not let him be Lord in areas of my life. And I need to stop being stubborn and really walk in the true, the fullness of lordship in my life. But today, we're really going to focus on who is in charge of my mind. We've learned about giving him lordship over our heart and our soul, but what about the mind? This is something that not a lot of people think about, ironically enough, you know? Who is Lord of my mind? Did you know that there really is a right and wrong way of thinking? And did you know that everything, believe it or not, whether you think you are someone that doesn't think before you act, you know, there are some people that think before they act or doesn't think before they act. In reality, we really think before we think. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a depth to our mind that we, if we are not giving control for Jesus in our mind, then our whole life is going to be messed up. And so here's something. I want you to say this to yourself. You are what you think. Turn to someone next to you and say, you are what you think. Because that truly is. I want you to say, like, if you, you know, we've heard the phrase, you are what you eat, but you are what you think. You really are. Whatever you think of yourself to be, that's what you are. And if you think of yourself as negative, if you think of yourself as not worthy, that's how you're going to live your life. If you think you're, yourself as higher than everybody else, that nobody could tell you anything, then you're going to live your life that way. Hey, you know, you don't want to be that way. So I want us to read specifically in Romans 12 too. I have four different versions that I want to share with you guys and read it because it's going to hit it in every angle. So we're going to start off with uh, NLT. It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Amplified version. Let's have that up there. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed. As you mature spiritually, I want to touch base real quick on that part. As you mature spiritually, progressively, there's never going to be a point. If you think you're up here, you better get off your high horse because God's life, God's heart for you is to always be new, to always be transformed. If you think you're, you've made it there, wipe that out of your mind. Like, that's not true. 
anyways, as you, as you mature, uh, mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes, so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. Let's go to the message. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Oof. Instead, fix your attention to God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you, and quickly, say quickly, quickly. respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. Yikes, that one hurts. Passion, the passion translation. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Who knows that we live in a culture who is just very opinionated? I myself would say I can't help but be very opinionated. You got to admit to yourself because that's human nature. We are very opinionated. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Dang, those words are just cutting me deep even as I'm reading it, you know. I don't want to be someone who is just conformed to the way culture thinks. Conform to how people who don't follow Jesus think. It's so important for us to have a mind like Christ. But we need to let God transform us by changing the way we think. And there's two words through all those versions that really stuck out to me. is transformed and renew. Okay, renew. In other words, there's some places that say to be changed, changed, you know. Um, but be transformed and to be renewed. To be transformed means to undergo a dramatic change. I don't know if you ever thought of transformed. It's more of dramatic change. Who's, who's seen Transformers, you know? Oh, man, look at you. Nice little truck. Whoa, you're not really a truck. You're a robot from outer space, you know. A dramatic change. It's a dramatic change. If you want your life to be flipped upside down, completely changed, you need to renew your mind. Transformation only happens when you, when you, say when I, I, me, say me, when I transform, when I renew my mind. And to renew, let me, I, I, this kind of helped me understand it a little better. To renew means to resume after an interruption, Okay. When we renew our mind, something has to stop first. If we want to change the way we think, we got to stop thinking the way we think. Okay? We stop our current way of thinking first. And then, only then, can we reestablish the right way of thinking. So I have a little, you know, it's, it, it's we, okay, I want you guys... It says we, well, yeah, I'll just go here. We really do have the power to change the way we think. Sometimes we're, I, I've heard people when I've helped, and even to myself, I've said this to myself, I can't change the way I think. It's so hard. But you know what? It really is hard. It is tough. We go against the flesh. We go against the grain of how our human nature wants to be. But God gives you the power by the Holy Spirit 
to change the way you think. And I want you to know, we have the power, say power, to change the way we think. If you don't think you have the power, change that to think you do, you know, to know that you do have the power because it says so in the Bible. He says, be, let God transform you into a new person by, by, as in by, like, this is what you need to do, by changing the way you think. And I have a little visual here that I want to uh, give you. That when we let Jesus be Lord over our minds, eh, no, I think I'm good. We become moldable. Who knows what this is? Play-Doh. Ever eaten Play-Doh? Just kidding. It's gross. <laughs> yeah, I know. As a kid, you know, you get those little, like, pressy-down thingies, and it looks like food, and then you get so tempted to eat it, and then you just realize, oh, my gosh, what did I do? So, ah, learn my lesson. Anyways, when we let Jesus be Lord over our mind, and our mind is pretty much like Play-Doh, for real, believe it or not. Believe it or not, we are really easy to form, okay? We become moldable. So, I want to ask someone, Carlos, help me out real quick. Hey, come here. Hey. Okay, I want you to stand here. If Let's say I'm me, just, you know. <laughs> And Carlos is God, okay? So, so I, let's say I, I give God my mind, okay? And this is how we're supposed to give our mind because we're supposed to be moldable. We need to be changed. We need to be allowed to be formed the way God wants to. And let's just say, okay, God, you can have my mind and I'm like letting him really have lordship. This is a picture of lordship. So he could form it however he wants. Form something. Use your artistic skills. He made Play-Doh! <laughs> so he's forming it however he wants to, okay? And, and now he's formed it, and he's like, you know what? This is how I want you to think. And now, this is awesome. It's bent up Play-Doh. No, just kidding. It's, he made it into something else. Then it, okay, thanks. Much better. He made it into something else than it was at first. When we are moldable, we allow God to form us how he wants to, okay? But let's say we're not moldable, and we don't let him have a Lord. This is a rock. God, take it. Do whatever. <laughs> Try to form it the same way you formed that. Obviously, come on, God, you could do anything, right? God, you could do this. You could change my mind. So, in, in fact, he can't because our mind has to... <laughs> <laughs> in fact, he can't change the way we think because if he really isn't Lord, Lord means we were putting it in a place that stays safe, that has protection, that could keep us moldable. But when we don't and it's not in the place of Lordship, we're out exposed and it just is not formable. It's not moldable. And this is how some of our minds are. You know? Thanks, Carlos. Thank you. Give him a hand. And at that, I'll just take a drink of water. Okay. We need to allow God to be Lord over our minds. And this is something you guys have to kind of really come to grips and realize that we truly do have an issue 
giving up the way we think. Human nature. It's human nature. That's how we are. 2 Peter 1.3 says this. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need to, for living a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. Look, if Jesus has given you the power to turn away from sinful living, why wouldn't he give you the power to turn away from wrong way of thinking? Right? He did that. He took that on the cross, and we need to start thinking that way. Like, okay, it's crucial to start thinking differently because if we want to see a different life, if we want to, to, to you know, I don't know, just change a, a bad habit that we have. Maybe it's how we say things, the words that we say, the, the, the negative way of, of speaking and all that. But we got to start changing how we think and start embracing um, God's way of thinking, okay? So why is it it's so important to renew your mind? Well, here's the thing. If you don't give your mind to the potter, we're giving it to someone else. It doesn't just sit there, you know. Our mind is a place to be, is a thing to be molded. And if you're not letting God mold your mind, you know who you're letting mold your mind? The devil. You're letting the enemy have his game with your mind. He is the potter, as in Jesus. We are the clay. It's meant to be, we're meant to be formed by him. The devil knows that if he could mess with here, like, I want you to get this. If he could mess with your mind, he can get you to do anything. You are not stronger than the devil, but Jesus is. And when you give your mind to Jesus, you can change the way you think. When you give him lordship over your mind, you truly can be a new person. You have an issue with anger? Give your mind to God. You have an issue, sure, sure. You have an issue with speaking? Me, just kidding. You have an issue with, with depression, negative thinking, hating other people, finding the worst in people? Give it to God. You can't just change that without giving lordship over your mind. You have an issue with authority? Give it to God. Give your mind to God because if you can't let someone speak to you, to help you grow, and we'll get to that point later, but I'm touching base on it anyways. You got to give it to God. The devil knows that if he can mess with your mind, he's got you. He has got you. Don't believe me? Let's take it all the way back to the first book of the Bible. Let's talk about someone called Adam and Eve. Eh? God said, you guys could have all of this wonderful stuff. This garden is yours, the trees, the animals, the butterflies, the everything, all of it's yours. But this, this thing, do not come here. You see it? Take a picture, snap it, I don't care, put it on your Instagram, do that. Remember, you can't go to the, the, this because it's a, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you do, you will surely die. And they're like, okay, here we go, I'm just going to do whatever I want. Because God's given me freedom to do that and all this. And then they're walking by this tree. And they're like, oh, I know I'm not supposed to go there. But over here, slithering around in the, the, the garden is the devil. Like, hey, hey, Eve. And she's like, what? Who's talking? He's like, hey, Eve, 
don't you want to eat from this tree? And she's like, no. God said we can't do that because we'll die. Here's the thing. Yeah, that's true, right? That's true. But what happened next? Are you sure he said that? He's not, you're not going to die. He knows that if you eat from this tree, you're going to be just like him. You're going to live forever. You're going to know everything, all the good stuff. He's preventing, he's stopping you from doing that. At that moment, she gave lordship to the devil. Because what she did was she allowed, and that is why we're here. Just kidding. That is why we're all sinful nature, you know, just kidding. Dang it, Eve, I'm just kidding. But it truly is the devil's weapon of choice. It's to hit our mind because it is the easiest thing to form, okay? We get deceived when our minds are not under lordship of Jesus Christ. So the answer, what is the answer to change the way we think? It is, it's the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. It truly is. It is the Bible. It is the word of God. The word of God is the answer. It is the truth. It is the thing that it shows us everything that we ever need, right? The only way God could have lordship over our mind is if the word of God has precedence in our mind that has first place in our mind that we rely solely on that Do you know what the enemy of our mind is? Our feelings. Oh, I I don't feel like he really likes me. I don't feel like they're really for me. They're against me. I don't feel feel like being positive right now, have positive thinking. I don't feel like, whatever it is that we feel, our mind starts to follow. But when we have lordship over that, our feeling, it goes beyond our feelings. And it goes to the truth. The word of God is the truth. And you have a choice every day to embrace the truth or to reject the truth. So let's embrace it. So the answer is the Bible. It is the word of God. So, so we need to be people who are reading the word of God every day. Because if we don't give Presidents of our mind, the, the Bible, the place for the Bible, then everything else in this world is going to start to take over. The devil loves to speak through other people who don't even follow Christ. He loves to, th- uh, to speak through all kinds of influences in our life, whether it's political, whether it's pop, uh, like popular or, or like the musicians or actors or anyone that has an influence in our life. Who is the one truly influencing you? And we have to allow God to do that through the word of God. So if you are not reading the Bible, pick it up today. And then you're going to start to realize the truth, which truly does set you free. So how, so how do we, what's the point of using the, Bible, the, the word of God? I have three points that we're going to just briefly talk about. And I'm going to go through it real quick so you could uh, write it down on your beautiful bulletins. Just write down, number one is expose your mind by using the word of God. Number two is submit your mind to the word of God. And number three is renew your mind with the word of God. Let's talk about expose. To expose means to reveal what was hidden, right? 
We're exposed. There's an exposure, you know. And the word of God is the light, okay? In order to expose our minds, we need the light. Because what is not, we got to, the reason why we need the light is because we need to expose the darkness. And, and in the darkness are the lies, are the things that the enemy loves to hold on to and tell you those lies that you are believing is so true. But really, if it doesn't align with the word of God, it ain't true. So we got to know what the word of God says. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 through 5 says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning, in other words, opinions, and to destroy false arguments, which are lies. We destroy every proud obstacle. This requires us to be humble. That keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And this means training. You got to train your mind. But the word of God is our weapon. Did you know that the enemy has weapons against you? What's your weapon against the enemy? It's the word of God. We're not going to be, it's all about defense, which is true. You know, you got to be filled with God's presence, protected. But you know what? We got to defeat the devil. We got to, we need to like, shut up, you know, devil, shut up, you know, and we use the shut up word for, with the word of God, because he cannot, he cannot stand what's true. He, he will use the Bible and twist it in ways that aren't true. That's the only power that he has is to lie to us. And the word of God is the truth. So to go against lies, you got to bring the truth. The Bible is the sword. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. It exposes everything that we're thinking here, no matter how crazy, how embarrassing, how dumb, you know, and I'm saying this to myself, we think. The word of God exposes it. And the reason why it exposes it, so we can know the truth. So we can know what really is in our mind. The word of God liberates our mind. It liberates our minds. Look, this is something that our culture is so used to that we think that exposing our inner thoughts, exposing our mind is by expressing our opinions and telling people how we feel. We got enough of that on social media, okay? But we really are in a generation that just likes to share their opinion. Oh, well, this is what I think is true, you know? Okay, but where does it say that in the word of God, you know? Because if it doesn't align up... Out of my face, you know? <laughs> you don't expose your inner thoughts by telling other people your opinions of what you think is right. You expose it by letting the word of God into your mind. You expose it by letting it cut you. Nobody likes to get hurt, you know? Nobody does like to get hurt. But God 
works that way where we have to get cut in order to see what's really inside. A surgeon can't just rely solely on an x-ray. They actually have to cut in to see it for themselves, to be like, okay, what are we really dealing with? If you don't let the Lord cut you, you're not letting him in. You're not going to let him fix you. You're not going to let him transform you into a new person. The reason why we need to expose our mind by using the word of God, the reason why we need to use the light to expose us is because the devil cannot work in the light. So when you expose your mind to the word of God, the truth, the devil loses power. Ever felt like, okay, let's try this exercise. If I told you to start thinking about a purple cow, Think of this purple cow just dancing around, you know, moving around, saying, I'm a purple cow, I'm a purple cow. You can't help but think about it. Now try to change the way you think. Try not to think about it, but I'm still talking about purple cows. You know, I saw a purple cow once. It was, it was, it was next to the road, and it was like saying, hey, give me a ride. I'm just kidding. No, but I'm trying to give you a point that when you hear, when you are thinking, like, when, when, when your mind starts to think about something, you, your, your mind is so easily formed and so easily moldable, okay? But when we shine the light, where, and that is where the devil cannot work, and he loses power, and, and, how, and so when we shine the light into our mind, God is able to take control, and he's truly able to be Lord over our mind, so we need to expose that. We get deceived when our, our minds are not under lordship of Jesus Christ, okay? Exposing our mind isn't always fun. Has anyone confronted you about a truth? And you're like, oh, 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 you know, like, it's like, did you really say that about me? And then you really did, but you didn't want them to know, you know? It's kind of like that. But there's a purpose of confronting your, the, the thing that's happening in your life, the Lord wants you to really change the way you think. I say this to a lot of people when it comes to growth with God, but if it hurts, it works, okay? If it hurts, it works, because if it really does hurt, if it hurts your pride, it's working, because we're not supposed to be prideful. If it hurts your image, it's working. If it hurts and offends you because the gospel is offensive, then it's working. If it goes against the grain, if we're all along holding hands and being all dandy and running along the road and saying, like, singing our favorite songs together, and no one's trying to go the opposite way because it's wrong, we're all okay, we're all good, but that's not how God works, God, because that's how the devil works. He wants everyone to think, yeah, that's fine. Everyone thinks it's fine, so you might as well join the line, you know? But when, it, when there's conflict, when there's truth when in your mind, when God speaks the truth and says, you know what, don't go to bed angry, don't do that, don't you do that, you know? And you're like, but my wife was like, whatever, or my husband was like, or whatever, and it's like, I'm just going to sleep it off, and the Lord doesn't let you sleep, you know? That's, that's, I'm not saying anything about, I'm just kidding, we're good. <laughs> just kidding. No, but if it hurts, it works. So remember that. Now that we know what's truly in our head by exposing it through the word of God, woo, 
here comes the next, next one, which is to submit your mind to the word of God. What a fun word that is. In reality, it isn't. Who wants to just not do what they want to do, you know? My human nature wants to just do whatever I want to do, you know? And, but to submit means to accept or yield to the authority of another person. In this case, Jesus. Ah. Are we submitting ourselves to Jesus? Are we submitting our minds? And we're going to talk about this, okay? This is something that needs to be talked about. And I mentioned this earlier, but if you have a hard time submitting to authority in general, you're going to have a hard time submitting to Jesus. You know? No, I want everyone to listen one more time. If you have a hard time submitting to the authority, to your pastor, to your, your leader, to your parents, to the law, to your boss, your manager, you're going to have a hard time submitting to God. Because what happens is that if you are not submitted under authority, you will not get authority, you know? You will not have authority over your mind. Some of us here need to hear that because I did. I needed to hear that, that if I have an issue with authority in my life, man, I'm not going to have authority over my mind either. But God says to submit. He's giving us people, you know, to, to really learn from and to submit to. But here's the thing. You can't submit without obedience. Fine, I'll just submit. I'll just submit. But in reality, you're not going to do what is being asked of you. And I'm not talking about, let's get away now from your leaders talking to you or asking you to do something. Let's talk about God. He's asking you to do something, to change the way you think. But you say, yeah, okay, I'll submit. But you don't obey. That's not submission. That's not true submission. Here's one that you want to write down. Submission is a position. And by that, I mean like it positions you to truly be set free, to change the way you think. God says to position yourself. The only way you could position yourself to let the word of God change you is to submit to the word. Because submission is a position. I want a position in life. I want, to I want to be the top dog. I want that position. You know what position we should get is submission, to submit. That's the only position that really matters when it comes to lordship. Are you submitting to God? Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. With the Lord's authority, I say this. Live no longer as the Gentiles do, for they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. There's a lot of this is what you got to do in order to see your mind transformed, to see your mind renewed. 
Sometimes we value what we think way more than what we value, than what, how we value God's thoughts, you know? And that's true. We value what we think way more than what God thinks. And I'm saying that to myself. It's like, okay, I think this way, I, I, I need to get into a habit of what does God think about this? What does God think about how I'm treating this person or how I respond when they tell me this or, or how I see myself? Do we approach God in a way that, okay, what does he say? Oh, everybody's against me. Nobody cares about me. Nobody, everyone thinks, I don't know, that they don't trust me or whatever. When we dwell on those kind of thoughts too, we start to live that way. And we value that more than what God says. He's like, no, you're loved. I've called this body of Christ to be in unity. Unity. Can make a song out of that. Unity. But, and here's the thing. When we hold our thoughts higher than God's thoughts, when we hold it higher than God's truth, we become our own idol. Anything higher than God is an idol. Do you value your thoughts more than God's thoughts? You're an idol. And that was worth stoning. I'll stone myself, you know. We got to change the way we think because if you hold your thoughts higher than what God th- how God thinks, you're holding yourself higher and thinking, okay, I'm God. I'm God in this. I'm God. Ain't nobody got time to listen to what other people could tell me. I should know. I know. I know. No one could correct me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This causes us, when we become an idol, this causes us to be prideful. It causes us to become susceptible to the tricks of the enemy. And we become blind to those tricks. Some of our thoughts in here already, right now, in this place, needs to be exposed, needs to be submitted, because we're embracing them as true. And that's what you call blindness. When God says he lets the blind see, it's because he reveals the truth. It's not just blind people. In our spirit, we could be blind. In our mind, we could be blind. But we become blind to those tricks, and eventually we could backslide, and we don't even know it. We think we're moving forward, but we're moving backwards. We're like, okay, Lord, see you there. Why are you going away? What's wrong? What did I do? You know? You're moving backwards, and you don't see it because you think you're on the right track. You need to die to yourself. You need to die to your mind. Also, another thing that happens is we become lone Christians because we don't let other more mature Christians sharpen us because you know what? I know. The worst words you could say, I know. I already know that. You don't need to tell me that. I'm saying all of this because this is something I went through. 
You know, I was a prideful little rascal. If I could go back to myself like 10 years, 12 years ago, I'd slap myself silly and be like, dude, shut up. You know, you don't even know. You don't even know. You know, you dumb. You know, get, get under authority, learn from someone, and then you could get where you want to be, you know? I don't want to just grow with addition or multiplication. I want to exponentially grow. And when we submit to the word of God, and in other words, saying submit to other people too when it comes to learning. That's discipleship. Are you submitted to the word of God? Are you truly a disciple of Jesus? Then that, then that means all of you, you know. That's submission. And we need to do it here too. You need to find yourself a Paul. Be a Timothy and find yourself a Paul. You can't do this alone. And no, your friend cannot be Paul. You know, your friend is not Paul because that's going with the same grain. You know, we need people who could rub us the wrong way. That's how iron sharpens iron. It's not clay sharpening clay because that ain't working for anybody. You need someone to be like, you know what, dude, that way of thinking is just completely wrong. You know, you, you shouldn't do that. You should... Why do you say those words to those people? You know, you're, you're a lot more valuable than you, than you think you are. Or, um, I don't think you should be saying those words, you know, or something like that. Whatever it is that could rub us the wrong way. If it hurts, it works, you know. Want some proof that it's biblical to learn from other people real quick? 1 Corinthians 11.1 1 says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. This was Paul to the people of Corinth. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. God has given us people. God wants us to submit our minds to him, but he's also given us a tool to submit our minds to other mature Christians that can help us step up to the next level and actually bring the truth into our life. You know, because you, the word of God, it, it, it brings a revelation of, and it sets us free. It liberates us. Remember that. So do it. Submit. I'm not just talking about submit to somebody else, but submit your mind to the word of God. Position yourself. Change. And our last one, which I think is one of the most important ones, is renew your mind with the word of God. Renewing your mind translates to training your mind. I want you to see renewing means tra uh, training, okay? We relate it in that way. It has the same meaning. Training means to do it over and over and over and over again. Who in here thinks that an Olympian can train one day? and get gold. Mm -mm. They need to train over and over and over and over again. Our mind needs to be renewed over and over and over. We need to read the, the word of God over and over and over again. Don't just read it once and be like, I'm done. I'm a ready Christian. Here we go. You know, into the world. 
No, read it once and be like, God, I want to read it again. There has to be more. There has to be more because there is more. You cannot renew your mind without training your mind. But also, you can't renew your mind without renewing what you hear. I'm not just talking about music or what people say, although that's all part of it. But in order to renew my mind, I need to be a true sheep. We need to be true sheep. What do I mean by this? That's what I mean about listening. Sheep follow who? Or they should follow a shepherd. But how do they follow them? By their voice. They listen. If we want to be a true sheep to the shepherd, Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Do you really have all that you need? Because who's your shepherd? Who are you listening to? Are you your own shepherd leading yourself, turning around in circles and circles and circles? You know, that's all you do if you're your own shepherd. If, you're some, if the devil is your shepherd, the voices of this world is your shepherd, you're going the opposite way and the Lord's like, you know what, Felicia, wrong way, come on. But he doesn't just leave you, he goes after the one, right, also. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Reckless love of God. Okay. Anyways, is he truly your shepherd? And are you really being a sheep? That, that's how we renew our mind. Who are we listening to? And are we doing it over and over and over again? To renew your mind also means to train your ears to hear the shepherd's voice. And you do this by reading the word over and over and over again. Because he is the word of God. You know, that is Jesus. He's there. That is him. The Bible is him. When you speak it, it is alive. And that's Jesus Look, it's so important that in the Bible, the biggest book in the Bible, the biggest chapter, I mean, in the Bible, is all about the Bible. Psalms 119, read it. Might take you a minute, but read it. It's all about the Word of God. He's the light to our feet. He is our guard. He is our protector. His Word leads us. His Word protects us. His word reveals truth. It cuts us. It heals us. His word does everything. Who are you listening to? Are you listening to yourself and trying to validate what you think is right, but you're not bringing it to the Lord and saying, is this really right? Be ready, because he will tell you. And it will hurt. But it will work. The... We need to make like a sheep and follow his voice. Okay? Make like a sheep. Okay, and here's something. Sheep are pretty dumb, you know? And I'm not saying God's calling us dumb, but he's saying without him, we know nothing. We're just going to be like, you know, like, it's like, I don't know. I don't know what you want me to do. What's up? What's down? What's left? What's the color blue? Am I blind? I don't know. 
But with the voice of God, we have direction. Really, without the voice of God, we're just going to be dumb people. And I don't want us to be dumb, you know? I want us to be wise. I want us to be smart. And don't take it that, oh my gosh, RJ's calling me dumb. I'm not saying that. I'm saying without God, we just don't know. You do not know if you do not put God first in your mind. Colossians 3.2 says, set your mind and keep focus habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on things that are on the earth. Philippians 4.8, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, and right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And this doesn't happen only once. This is an ongoing process. A never-ending journey to renew our minds. We're never going to get to a place where I'm like, I'm good. There's always going to be more. If you, you've been, whether you've been following Jesus for years, or you just started last month, or today, there is so much more of a transformation that we could have. But we need to renew our thoughts. The more you read the Bible, the more you renew your thoughts. And as we close, I'm just going to call... Some of uh, Jordan and Caleb up. You know, maybe you're here and you're just like, I've been reading the Bible over and over and over again already. But I know when I first read the Bible, when I was in college, when I was 18 years old, I'm like, I made a decision, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to read the whole thing. And there were days where I was excited. There were days where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have to do this. The longest chapter in the book, you know, eight chapters in one time, you know. And I'm just like, but I did it. And then now, and then I'm just like, okay, that's awesome. I heard some of what God says. But the more you read the Bible and the more I read it, and even in this year as I'm reading it, I'm starting to see a different side of God than I've ever seen before. It's kind of like, you know, you're watching, as a, you have, you're watching a movie that you haven't seen since you were a child, right? And then you're like, okay, I know I liked this movie as a kid. And then you watch it again. And then you realize, oh my gosh, that's what they mean. Oh my gosh, those punny jokes, you know, those sarcastic remarks. I get it. And as a kid, you're just like laughing because everybody else is laughing, you know, you want to fit in. But... You really realize when you watch it again, you're like, oh my gosh, that's what they mean. And when you read the Bible over and over and over again, God reveals things about you that you're like, oh my gosh, I never knew that. God reveals things in your mind that you have not given lordship over. Oh my gosh, I need to change that. And God's revealed things about himself. So that's how powerful the word of God is. It is alive. It is moving. And as we close, we all want to know the will of God for our life, right? We all want to. But in Romans 12, 2, it says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. But that only happens if we are transformed by the renewing of our minds. 
You want purpose today? Allow God to change the way you think. Allow God to transform you by the renewing of your mind. Sometimes we want the results without the cost. We want the benefit without the sacrifice, the title without the surrendering, the revelation without the transformation. But to discover God's will for your life requires you to relinquish control of your mind. We need to let go. We need to pull an Elsa and let it go. And true revelation only happens when you encounter God. You can't know what's really in your mind if you don't encounter him in your mind. We need to make space for him today. Make space in your mind. You need to get out of the way. Your mind needs to surrender, to submit. Look, our minds are not big enough for two lords. It's either you or him. And for me, I want you, God. And I feel like today that there's a, there is a, an anointing of freedom in your mind that some of us have not given God all of our mind. In other words, lordship. So why don't we stand to our feet real quick and just close your eyes. Have the worship team up. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I really believe God spoke to you through his word today and is moving in your life. If you'd like more information about Encounter Church or you'd like to give your tithes and offerings, you can visit our website at EncounterChurchAtlanta.org. I'd also like to invite you to share this message on social media. Thanks again.